Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedian, founder and CEO of Dedian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Didian, and today I am so blessed to have Thomas Allen. He is the founder and CEO of Practice Real Estate Group, as well as Practice Transition Group. So, uh, Thomas, thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks for having me on. This is fun. Definitely. We're definitely going to have a lot of great conversations. We kind of started before recording, talking about certain things, but I'm like, hey, let's start recording and kind of dive into that afterwards. But before doing so, Thomas, do you mind just giving us a bit more of a story of who you are? I gave a very short introduction. I would love for you to unpack that a bit more for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Thomas Allen. I'm, I'm based here in Austin, Texas. Uh, I grew up in Houston, Texas, went to college in Austin, Texas, bounced up to the Dallas area, back down to the Houston area. And I've been back in Austin for about nine years, um, so never left Texas. Um, and I have, I got into commercial real estate in, in college. I, I leased uh, apartments um, and never really left the real estate world since and, and uh, have, a, have a passion for it and, and uh, took the entrepreneurial path and, and started my own company about seven seven and a half years ago. And, and, uh, here we are. I mean, Thomas, I love that. I love the fact that you're a Texas boy through and through, went through the big cities in Texas and we will unpack that in a second, but talk to me a bit about the real estate side of things and the entrepreneur side of things. I do know that, you know, your practice real estate group has a big role within your business and day-to-day works. What do you do exactly? Do you sell, hold, do you uh, do uh, apartment syndication? How do you support your community with everything that you're doing in the real estate side of things? Right. So Practice Real Estate Group is is, uh, solely healthcare focused. So we started out, our main core business is real estate brokerage work that is primarily focused on the tenant and user side. So to keep that simple is our mission is to help uh, physicians, dentists, veterinarians, doctor groups make smart, smart real estate decisions um, through the brokerage side and our performance there. Uh, it has driven opportunities to both buy, buy buildings with our doctors and for our doctors and our clients. And we have done ground up developments uh, with and for our, our clients as well. Um, so that's the way we are. We are in a very tight niche. Thomas, I mean, I love what you're saying here. And there's something to highlight as uh, I don't know if I told you, but I'm actually from the real estate background as well. I was five years a broker in the great region of Montreal, <coughs> sorry, in Canada where I'm from. And I truly believe one of the greatest wealth making machines is real estate. And one thing you're alluding to over here, you have a clientele that's very much doctors, dentists and all that. And in this 
the structure of society that kind of was presented to us, especially when we're young is go get a degree, get a job and get this amazing job, such as a lawyer, doctor, and you'll be set. But you're working with people that are already quote unquote set, and you're helping them get real estate properties to kind of grow their portfolio and their affluence to the next level. What can you speak to that? Is that something that is definitely a solid niche for you? Is that something that you're seeing as well? Yeah, it's an awesome niche. So uh, part of the ways we help them make some more real estate decisions is it's, it's all around their practice. So we have built out a proprietary, amazing database of demographic and comp- competition analysis tools to find the best locations for them to open their practice. And a lot of them, we, we you know, in calendar year 2021, we're on pace to do about 160 brokerage transactions all on behalf of healthcare users and primarily in the state of Texas, though we do work nationally. Um, and a lot of our clients are startups. And so a lot of them, we are helping them lease their space. So it's, it's an initially a lease um, and they're typically seven to 10 year leases because of the investment that they're putting in to get started. Their startup business leasing can make, make a lot of sense for them. But I have now been doing this for over 10 years and about year six or seven, as their business has grown, we are getting the call. All right, hey, my business off the ground. I've been open six or seven years. Now it's time for me to own. Yeah. And so we are providing a vehicle for them to then go. You know, we give it. They have multiple options. We we've done deals where they're just buying a piece of land and building their own building for themselves. Sometimes they're buying a piece of land, building a building for themselves with a little bit of extra lease space um, to where they can make some some income there. But we've also been doing some partnership syndication deals where, you know, let's say it's a 6,000 foot user and they could go build their own little building. They could build their own little building with maybe two or 3,000 feet of lease space, or we'll go take some risk with them and we'll go build a 30,000 foot building because we'll have their 6,000 feet. We'll have a couple other uh, doctor groups, you know, want to be in the area that gets you, you know, maybe up to 12, 15,000 feet. We'll go build a bigger building and the doctors take an LP position um, but they get some equity in the building just for being the lead tenants without having to necessarily write a check. Then they can also be uh, invested into the limited partnership partnership side of things. So they they now own a cash flowing asset as opposed to this kind of you know just their office space, which which can still be a great play. You know they're paying down the equity; it is appreciating over time. But having a liquid cash flowing asset that is multiple tenants and spreading some risk out, I. I think there's a lot of arguments that that could be a better way for them to grow wealth than just just owning their own building. That makes perfect sense. And do you do any investments other than their physical building that they're buying to put their practice and rent out the rest as well? Or it's really just that service of like, hey, I want to upgrade my practice and I want to own the building instead of paying rent? We we have we have helped many of our clients. So uh, we. Another part of our mission statement is to be the most trustworthy and knowledgeable real estate group that our clients have ever worked with. So we've earned a lot of people's trust by doing a very good job for them. And as they've they've uh, created wealth through their practice and, and, and cash flow through their practice, they come to us because they think of us as real estate guys, which we are, and girls. Um, and they ask us, hey, I, I want to go start investing in some real estate. Can you help me find something that is that would be a good opportunity to buy or invest in it? And we, we have done that many times as well. Um, and we've seen 
we've also helped a lot of clients of ours. Uh, two come to mind most recent that I met about 10 years ago and both in the last year, one of them has grown to so many locations. They recapped with Bain Capital, which is a, a very well-known private equity group. And another one that everybody knows, Blackstone. They recapped with Blackstone. Those guys have made millions of dollars and are now wanting to place in real estate. And we are, we are working uh, with, with them to help them with that. That is amazing, Thomas. That really is. Now, a lot of my listeners are in entrepreneur world and some of them, you know, want to get into real estate. Some are really affluent in real estate and well-spoken in that. What would you speak to somebody that wants to start real estate? How would you go about suggesting them or guiding them through that process of real estate investing? Should they start with a, uh, you know, standard family home, renting out a condo, getting a Plex living one and renting out the other? What would you suggest when it comes to the first investment or getting into that real world of real estate investing? I think the first question they have to ask themselves is how much, how much is this going to be a passive investment or is this going to be an active investment? Mm-hmm. You know, if, it, if, and I'm not some expert investing in, uh, the residential market, whether it be a duplex or a single family home, I have owned a couple of rental houses. And in my experience, owning the two rental houses I own, as much as I wanted it to be a passive investment, it was, it was a little more active than I would have uh, liked it to be. Um, I, if when our clients come to us, I tell them that they, and they need it to be passive because they're running a business, you know, all day. I tell them to start networking as much as they can with other entrepreneurial people, uh, kind of wealthy people, and find some of these limited partnership type investments they can get in. I mean, we've some of our LPs on some of the deals we've done. You know, we're paying an eight pref that's accruing, and then we've returned you know two x our LPs money multiple times now within three or four years. So it's not like being an LP and not running the deal is is means it's a bad thing, right? I mean, you can still multiply your wealth in an incredible amount by being the limited partner and not having to take this active role of, of managing uh, an investment. I love that approach. So a couple of things you mentioned over there, obviously network, get into a crowd that's potentially doing it. If you find some deals, you could connect some dots. Essentially, you could do like sweat equity, which is the work that you're putting in to get those deals and get those investors coming in. So I love all of that. And one thing you did mention, be aware of, even though it is somewhat certain properties are passive income, some of them demand a bit more of an active role. So be aware of that question. What do you really want? Do you want to be active? Like, hey, taking care of this, that, and the other, and that's perfectly okay. And that's your full-time job and you grow your uh, your portfolio that way, or you want to be 100 passive, like you said, and get a small percentage of a big deal, which is going to be uh, bringing a lot more revenue. So I love that, Thomas. And I, I want to kind of ask your opinion of what is happening or what do you think uh, of what's happening when it comes to Austin, Texas, Texas in general, there's a lot of people that are leaving Exodus from New York state or from California and coming in these great places that is becoming really entrepreneur. And we're not even talking about like one, two, three individuals. We're talking about big companies from Elon Musk, moving a lot of his stuff that he's doing from, um, uh, Tesla and all that stuff to other like-minded individuals like him. So what's your ideology? What are you seeing on being like on the grounds in Austin right now? Yeah. You know, I get that question a lot, even from my, my friends and family that are in Texas. Um, and my most common, my, my answer is you, you kind of have to 
see it to believe it. I, I still can't believe it. I mean, watching when, when COVID started, I guess, in March 2020, started looking around, and you mentioned New York. Like, we were, we were already used to a lot of people from California coming here, but I started seeing more gold and black license plates around, around Austin. And the housing price, like, you can read about in the news. You can, you can see it on TV. But until you're actually here watching houses triple in value, which isn't an exaggeration, double and depending on the side, you know, double in value in a matter of months is is I mean it's mind mind blowing. Um, The you know it's kind of funny. It wasn't that long ago that other than maybe a Friday or Saturday night, like most restaurants around Austin, you, you could get in even if it was pretty hot. Now. Now, if you just want to go to some neighborhood restaurants, you better make a freaking reservation a week and a half before. I mean, it's it's just uh, it's getting crowded. There's so much going on here. Um, it's 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 really unbelievable. And and we saw it coming. I, I it, it's been building for years. Um, I got here in 2004. Um, my wife is a third generation Austinite, which you don't meet many of those. She might be fourth. She, she'd get mad if, if she heard me say third. I think she's fourth. She's very proud of it. Um, <laughs> but uh, if, if uh, the, what we've seen and then the the speed that is, has, ha- has happened in the last 18, 24 months has been been amazing. And it doesn't, it doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon. Yeah. So that was my follow-up question. First of all, like you mentioned, COVID, a lot of things that it did for certain industries, it is speeded up or completely stopped it, right? And this is one example over here. Now, you being in the real estate game, and you just talked about some properties doubled, if not tripled in value in Austin, do you think that it's going to keep that trend? Or as things open up in the next, let's say, two years, do you think some people will leave and go back to those states that they were previously in? So prices will stabilize? What do you think with that aspect? And this is all projection. Sure, this is nothing, but I just want to know your opinion on it. I sure think it's got to stabilize a little bit. And I hope it does. Cause I just, I say this, but then I think of like markets like New York or California, but I'm like, how, how can the, your fate, how, how can a local sandwich stop shop pay $80 a square foot in rent, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, at some point you got to think it stabilizes around here. And there is, you know, Texas, has uh, one thing going, one of the things that's going forward, there's a lot of land around here. It can keep expanding east. We can keep yeah. going south and growing with San Antonio, um, north, up the I-35 corridor to Waco. You know, west, we are, uh, actually I was talking about it with my business partner today, we are a little bit like Denver where like you hit the the real Texas Hill Country to the west of, of, of Austin. So you, you are kind of jammed up against some, some uh, areas that are really tough to build. But I, I've got to think it stabilizes a little bit pricing wise, or else it, it's, it's going to be a tough place to live. Yeah, I def- definitely understand that. Or if not tough, it's going to be one of the big cities in the States, right? It's going to be known as like we we're talking about the, the California LA's or, you know, the uh, like the New York's or from Miami and all that stuff. And it already is like that's not down it. But what I'm saying is that it's going to maybe go to that price, uh, price point as well. <laughs> now, Thomas, I do know that you know you're the CEO and a founder, and you have several employees under you and all that stuff. Talk to me about some best practice that you have learned over the years when it comes to delegating work, having employees, being a leader uh, within your firm and within your companies. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's been something that I've just had to learn on the fly. Um, I'm not uh, uh, there was no train. I never took any training on it in college. I didn't come up working at some big company and getting to to see how it's done. I did bring in a partner um, who does who did get trained in it via some of the companies we worked at in the technology world. And uh, uh, he's an MBA from this really cool entrepreneurial act, uh, uh, business program. But I'm still, I'll just go and say, it, I, I should not be giving advice on delegation. It's something I'm always trying to work on. And it's not a lack of trust. It's just a lack of, of being good at it. Um, but leadership has been something I really enjoyed uh, getting better at. I, I really feel like my mission there's the mission of the company, but the mission of the leader um, in this type of company where we have, you know, 20 employees now, a lot of them are kind of their own business within our business, these, these agents. It's, it's really helping them and leading them to set the right goals, do the right activities and empower them to, to live the life they want. What, you know, do, do you want the, the, you know, Porsche 911 in the boat on Lake Austin. That's great. We can we can help you plan to get there and set and set your activities and, and what you're trying to do to get there. And we've gotten some of our employees to that point. Um, or is, is is your is your goal something else? That's totally fine. We got a great spot here for you, and let's empower you and 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 help you set goals to get to get wherever you want to go in life. Um, so it's it's really. It's really fun to watch uh, people live out their dream, not not our dream here, and um, it, it's it's something I'm really proud of. I love that. A couple of things that we have to highlight over there. First and foremost is awareness to find out, like you just mentioned, what is your goal? If you don't understand what your goal is, you're not going to be able to work towards and then break you down to manageable steps. Like you said, towards your goal could be X, Y, and Z, or it could be that Porsche 911 with the boat and so on and so forth. Furthermore, one thing that you just showed really great as a leader is that, hey, you're like, you're figuring out leadership and you're like, hey, it's something that I'm developing. So it's not necessarily something I should necessarily give advice on. Just the fact that you're like humble enough to say, Hey, I know certain things and I don't know certain things, or I'm still learning at it. It shows what kind of leader you are. You're not somebody that knows everything. And it shouldn't be my personal opinion. Leaders should not be like, Hey, I know everything. No, nobody knows everything. You know what you know. And what don't you don't know? You'll go pick, uh, figure it out and tell your colleagues. So I love that. Congratulations with having like 20 plus uh, colleagues within your company that are just amazing and just doing great stuff. And Thomas, before I let you go, I want to ask you one question over here, as this is the show that's called the Peak Performance Greatness Show, and it's really evident that you are definitely successful in everything that you have done throughout the years. And to be successful at such a high level, what I have realized through working, coaching hundreds and hundreds of uh, entrepreneurs being on stages is that the most successful people have solid habits and rituals that they do on a daily basis that makes them peak perform, be that top end person. So my question to you is, Thomas, what are some of the habits, rituals that you do every single day in a consistent basis that makes you show up in the awesome way that you are? You know, I, I, I agree with that daily habits are, are huge. Um, and uh, one thing you know, some people are night owls. Some people are early morning people. I really have figured out when I get my best work done and it's, it's early in the morning. So, uh, for years, not anymore, but for years when I'm starting this company, I got up at four in the morning and, and got great work done between like four and seven thirty. Um, 
and then would hang out with my wife for a minute. This was pre-kids and then go to the office about 830 and, and, and then continue to get really good thought work, computer work done till about 1230. And I would try to schedule my phone calls and, and meetings in the afternoon. I'm not a four in the morning guy anymore. I'm about a five fifteen. Um, I've got three kids now too. When I started out, I had zero kids. So in seven years, we've had three kids. We're really in five years, we've had three kids. Um, so some of my 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 morning routine got a little jacked up. Um, but the, my daily habit, my main most key daily habit, is really trying to get. I'm really good at making. A, a list of what I absolutely five or six things that no matter what I have to get done the next day. And I really don't do anything until I get those done. And I know that my best chance of getting them done is in the morning because in the afternoon, I'm already a little distracted. You know, we, we'd all like to say that we don't ever surf the web a little bit, but I find myself in the morning. I don't ever get distracted, but in the afternoon, if I'm trying to get some real thought were done or something that's really got to take some concentration. I find myself reading about Texas football or something um, procrastinating on it. So I got to keep, I got to have my meetings and phone calls in the afternoons, my, my focus work in the mornings. And I, I have a very clear list before I go to bed. Sometimes I get done before I leave the office. Sometimes it's like, well, kids are down. I'll do another hour of work. And a lot of that is what are the five or six things even though I have 50 things I might have to do the next day, one of the six, six, I try to keep it to five or six at most that I have to get done the next day. Thomas, that was delicious. So much. So, so essentially the main thing highlighted is figuring out what is the best time for you to work. And for you, it was yeah. early in the morning because your brainwaves are working a certain way. You're more of an early person, and then you're able to be more creative. Now, furthermore, what you discussed or what you broke down is that you had that structure from 4 to 7.30, especially when you were single, that you were working, then your wife gets up, chill with her a bit, and then go to office, do some great work. And then after 12 p.m., then it's stuff that are less cognitively demanding, such as meetings, phone calls, and all that stuff. So that's an amazing structure. And Thomas, first of all, congratulations on having three kids in five years. That's like a, nice. like a huge thing in itself. And when you were saying that, I was smiling for the listeners and uh, the viewers are going to see this. I was smiling from ear to ear because literally, Thomas, that's what I do right now. I'm a single bachelor dude and I wake up at 4 a.m. every single day. So as you were saying that, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, this might need to be adjusted when I have X <laughs> amount of kids. So that was really oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, you gotta, for sharing. You got to get a little more flexible. Yeah, 100%, 100%, right? Which is a huge part. So thank you for sharing that. One last thing I'm going to ask you over here, Thomas, is where is the best place that a community could reach out to you? If somebody's interested in real estate, somebody is interested in just contacting you about anything or about the Texas area, obviously, you know a lot about that. What's the best place to, uh, to contact you? Uh, feel free to email me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good email guy. Uh, it's T Allen, T A L L E N at practice real estate group.com. Um, obviously go to our website, uh, and, and contact us there as well. Perfect. And what is your website? Uh, practice real estate group.com. Perfect. Okay. So everything will be in the show notes below. Thank you very much, Thomas, for all of that. I truly loved having this conversation with you and, uh, we'll definitely do it again. Have a blessed day, my brother. Yeah, this is great. This is a lot of fun. Thanks so much. No problem. Have a great one. 
Christopher Devian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Fitness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.